Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. All right, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all here. Thank you for coming this morning, despite the weather. Uh, man, what a good snow that was. Uh, we, we were in desperate need of some moisture, and God answered some prayers there. So it does take a little longer to do chores in the morning, but that's all right. Um, so appreciate you being here. Uh, just want to say I'm really grateful for everyone that, that uh, is part of this ministry who uh, donates their time and their talent and their treasure to make all this work. It's it's more than just a couple people. It, it's a it's a whole group. It, it's a village, and and uh, I'm just I feel very blessed to be part of this village, and and just appreciate everybody here. So, um, just want to make sure that you guys know that that uh, your efforts are are noticed and appreciated. Um, last week I talked about. Uh, Moses, when he when he revealed the the covenant the 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 covenant of the um, Ten Commandments to the people, he basically said there was there was three things that they were going to need to do. They needed to listen, they needed to learn, and they needed to obey. <clears throat> and so last week I last week I talked about the first part of that, which was which is uh, how we need to to listen uh, to God's word. We need to listen. When, when godly people are speaking, and we need to keep our ears open so that we can, we can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And today I want to talk about the next step, which is learning. Uh, so, with three, three, so those are three essential parts of a grow, growing relationship with God. And so we're in a new covenant with God, so, so now we still need to concentrate on, on those three things to be able to grow our relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so listening is absorbing and accepting information. Okay? Well, learning, then, is, is the understanding of that information. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of ways that we can, that we can learn about God. Uh, one of the ways that, uh, most prominent ways is just what you're doing right now. You're, you're, uh, you're in a group. You're, you're fellowshipping in, in your listening to God's word, uh, straight out of the Bible. That's it's a great way to learn. Um, <coughs> a lot of people do Bible studies. It's a great way to learn. Uh, my wife loves to listen to, to you know, Christian radio. Learn that way. Uh, she reads a lot of books, and that helps her to learn and understand God's word. Sometimes, sometimes uh, I can read in the Bible and, and I can listen, I can hear it and I can, I can read the words, but the understanding doesn't come. And so that's when a lot of times I'll pray and the Holy Spirit then can, if you listen in, in to the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. He'll, you can learn through him. And that, and that's a great way to do it. Um, I remember when I was going to college at Montana state university, uh, at the beginning of the semester, you'd get all your classes, and, and then you'd have to go down to the bookstore, right? And they'd sell you a book for 40 bucks. Uh, and then at the end of the semester, after you didn't use that book for, for three months, they'd, they'd buy it back from you for four bucks. Okay? It was a racket. So I learned kind of early on. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit slow, but I did learn this lesson. You... Uh, you don't buy the book. You go to the class first, and then after the first, very first class, you go up to the professor and say, hey, 
do I need to buy this book? Is this book required for this class? And a lot of times they say, no, I'm not using, I'm not going to teach out of that book. Cool. I don't have to, I don't have to waste my money. But if they said, yeah, we're going to really use this book, then, uh, then I'd go down to the, to the bookstore and I'd buy it. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm here to tell you that this book, this Bible, it's required material. Okay. It's not optional. Uh, if you want to learn about about God and learn about Jesus and and develop that relationship with with God, it's it's not something that you're going to be able to just wing it, okay? And say, oh, you know, I I can do this without that book. Um, it's just not going to happen. Um, it was probably 20 years ago when I first met Ray Hunt, and I went <coughs> was at one of his clinics, and I was riding a colt, and and he was talking on and on about about horsemanship stuff, and I, you know, I was trying to listen, but I didn't. It was way over my head. But but one thing he kept talking about was you have to learn how to to get with a horse's feet. You have to know where a horse's feet are all the time, all four of them, all the time, if you ever want to progress in your horsemanship. He said, "You'll be going along fine, but you're going to hit a wall, and and you'll never be able to to." progress beyond that if you don't learn where a horse's feet are because you can't move a horse's foot if the weight's on it so you have to learn when the weight's coming off a foot then you can move it and, and that's when you cue and it's it's difficult it's really difficult and we practiced it at the clinic and I was horrible at it and so I went home and said and I said that's too hard and I don't need to do it anyway because I'm doing just fine I'm pretty dang good at this I can just pull these horses around, spur on them a little bit, and they do just fine. Then I started trying to do some more things with my horses, and I realized that what he said was right. I'd hit a wall. I couldn't progress on without learning where a horse's feet are, and it's really tough, and it, and it, I had to buckle down and start learning that. Well, that's how it is. I did, you know, I learned that, but I, but I didn't really learn the life lesson because that's the same thing I do with reading my Bible, or I used to. Like this, this reading this Bible is hard, okay? And I don't understand it, but I don't really need it because I'm doing pretty good, right? I'm doing all right. I'm getting along just fine. I'll just kind of pull, pull it around and spur on it a little bit, and I'll be a Christian. Well, unfortunately, you know, it, it took me about ten years to learn the, the the lesson with the horse's feet, and I wasted ten years. And it took me about ten years to learn the lesson with the Bible that. You're not going to go on. You can't go on if you don't read it, if you don't pick it up, if you don't understand it. Um, there's lots of resources out there to, to help you understand it, but there's no substitute for getting in the Word yourself and reading it and listening to the Holy Spirit and, and letting that understanding come in. In Proverbs 18, 15, it says, Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. And in John 6, uh, 45, as is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. That's Jesus talking. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. So it's inevitable. If we get in the word, if we listen to the Father and we learn from him, it's inevitable where, where our direction is going. It says, if you learn from God, you'll come to me. That's Christianity. The more we learn about scripture and about the gospel and the good news the more we'll turn to Jesus Christ and we'll come to him and we'll and we'll have that relationship that we want it it's it's not going to happen if we don't learn okay and so um, you know this is a this is a place of higher education you're, you're 
you get to go to college now, right? Everybody's, everybody's been through kindergarten. Everybody's probably been through grade school, and it's time to, to get on to the higher education. We need to get educated if we're ever going to have that relationship with God. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for the moisture that you've provided for us and, and all the things that you provide for us. You, you provide what we need, Lord, not always what we want, but we, we're grateful for all the blessings that, that you bestow upon us. Thank you so much for blessing this ministry and all the people in it. Just help us through our struggles in, in this life, Lord, and, and help us to open our mind to, to learn more about you and, and to understand your word. Thank you so much for the people that explain it to us so well, like Kevin, so that we can understand it. Please bless him and his family. Please bless all those that are that are struggling uh, with illness or physical or emotional or any other kind of health issues that that they know that you're with them and all they have to do is ask the Lord and and you'll help. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Got me a new one. What? Yeah, y'all are in trouble now. I can use both hands. There's a water down there. If you want. All right. Good job. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, whew, it was a uh, fast and furious week. I uh, got to travel to Idaho. We had a rancher up there that has, for the past three years, uh, donated two head of cattle uh, every year. And so I got to see some new country, and, and it was... Uh, had to race that storm back, but luckily I, I got her done. So anyway, uh, welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. You hear me say it every single week. Uh, <clears throat> the top CEOs in the nation got together and said that their job is, is not being the boss. They shouldn't be called the chief executive officer, but be the, the uh, CRO, the chief repeating officer. And that's kind of the way I view my job is, is to repeat over and over and over that you can't do it. Okay? You can't do it. Only Jesus can. Now, we have a part to play in that, but the power uh, doesn't come from us. It, it comes from... It comes from Jesus, and and talking about that, um, you know, I I made a, I was talking to one of our Long X Ranch cowboys, and our Long X Ranch cowboys is kind of a, if we need to use a churchy word for it, it's a discipleship program where uh, people come to you know we have uh, devotionals that come from me that only the Long X Ranch cowboys get, and I was talking to one of these guys, he's from Fallon, Nevada. And I was talking to him, and we were going over a lot of stuff. And I said, listen, I said, the, the problem that I see today is that, you know, my job as a preacher, my job as a preacher is not to be a Christian for you, okay? My job as a preacher is not to be a Christian for you. And, and, and another guy said, well, you know, you're spo preachers are supposed to be the example for everybody. And, and I, and I kind of understand that. But listen, just so that there's never any confusion, I am not pointing y'all towards the example of me. I'm pointing y'all towards the example of Christ. Okay? That's who I follow. That's who you should follow. And my job is not to be a Christian for you. You, one day, Jesus is either going to come back or your heart is going to stop beating and your soul is going to go and kneel at the foot of God, at the throne of God. And you will answer 
for the things that you have done. And basically, when I say you'll answer for the things that you've done, God's going to look at one criteria. Have you given your life and lived your life for Jesus Christ? If you have, he's going to say, good job, cowboy. Come on in. And the one thing that you don't want to hear is, who are you? That, 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 that ain't good news. That, that, that's not good news. But the good news is that Jesus came and he was the example for us, but he also did what we couldn't do. So we rely on his grace and his mercy and his sacrifice on the cross. And, and because of that, when you truly come to believe it, and I'm not talking about believing that Jesus was real or believing that he died on a cross, but believing that he is your Lord and Savior, that he died for explicitly and specifically for for you and he wants to give you not only a better life down here but eternal life in heaven my job as a preacher is not to be a christian for you ty's job is not to be a christian for you and quite frankly i say this all the time i will continue to say it i am not here to feed you okay i'll give you a recipe but i am not the bread of life jesus is I can give you some recipes and, and some <laughs> some cooking materials, and, and, and I'm kind of a cowboy cook, okay? I can cook about three things, but they're good. They're good. And, and, and I only know about three things, and that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's about all we need is the three ingredients to eternal life, and my prayer today is that y'all know that you drag it into your heart you tie hard and fast to it and uh hopefully uh, you and i will spend eternity in heaven together uh you'll need strength for that to spend eternity in heaven with me so <laughs> it's gonna be fun Anyway, if you've got your Bibles, man, we're, we're going to be all over the place. So it's going to be kind of like a Bible Bible quiz today. You know, turn here, 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 here. But first off, we'll be in Psalms. And uh, so I, I worked at a horse auction many moons ago. And there was a rumor. And, and I, I honestly don't think it was founded just, just because... <laughs> You know, anytime somebody does something good, people will always attack it and, and spread rumors. But the rumor about this guy that he was a modern day cattle rustler and, and this guy was this guy was good on the back of a horse. He was good with a with a piece of rope in his hand. I mean, th this guy was and he was at the horse auction all the time. But uh, rumor had it was that he was a modern day cattle rustler. And I'm not talking about, you know, kind of the the paper top stuff. I'm talking about going out in the pasture, roping something that ain't his, dragging it into a trailer and taking it home type rustling. Okay. Stuff that, you know, Gus and Cole would have strung him up for. But, you know, you, you wonder, so some people don't understand how, how that could happen. Well, you know, our, our calves are born and when our calves are born, uh, we tag them with an air tag that usually has a number that either matches the mama's number or or it links back to it's for record keeping and, and then some people do a different a different color for you know whether it's a heifer or bull calf or something like that. But you you don't brand newborn calves and, and you don't brand them till 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 they get up in age. Well, rumor was that this guy would wait till 
they were just old enough. And before branding, he would go out there and he would take his, uh, he would take this black horse and this black horse was, and I never saw the black horse or anything, but it, it was well known in the counties around there of how good this horse was. And supposedly he'd go out there in the middle of the night, pull his truck in there with, without any lights on. He'd get out there. He'd go out there. He'd rope uh, the biggest unbranded calf that he could find. He was tied on hard and fast, and he could get up close to the trailer with just a little bit of, of stuff. And he would step off the trailer. That, that, uh, that horse would hold that calf. He would open up the trailer. The horse would jump in, drag in the calf with it. He'd shut the gates and he was gone and they said that he could do it in less than a minute i mean this this dude supposedly was a modern day cattle rustler and he was good uh also they said that he carried a rolled up saddle blanket you know just one of those not not a pad but a blanket and that he if he had to he could get that blanket out and he could throw it over a barbed wire fence crawl through and that horse would jump over that saddle blanket and jump a four or five wire barbed wire fence if he needed to get away now I'm just saying that uh, I, I hope that none of that is true, and 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 I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray that none of it was that it was just uh, uh, rumors and jealousy and, and and stuff like that. But now, before I remind you of the title of today's sermon, you have to know one key verse that that I'm sure all of you have heard before, and that's Psalm chapter 50, verse 10. And Psalm 50 verse 10 says that for all the animals of the forest are mine. This is God talking. For all the animals of the forest are mine and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, if you need somebody to explain that, let me explain that. That means that God owns everything. He made everything and if he made it, he owns it to begin with. Okay. I own the, all the animals of the forest are mine and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything belongs to God. Remember that. Everything belongs to God. But we're in the third part of a three-part series called The Outlaw Jesus Christ. And, and, and the, first, the first one that we talked about is that Jesus was an outcast. Okay, even with his own people, God's chose not just not just his own people as far as God made them, but his chosen people. Jesus was right there among them, and he didn't fit in with 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 his own with his dad's own chosen people. So we talked about being an outcast, and then last week we talked about being a rebel. That that Jesus uh, he, he did stuff that was that sure got under it was like a burr in the saddle blanket or something. Of those people because uh, what he tried to do was get them away from the religious culture and get them into an authentic relationship with God. Okay. So anyway, he was kind of a rebel in that. And this week we are going to finish up the three-part series called The Outlaw Jesus Christ by talking about how Jesus is a rustler. Okay. A rustler is someone who steals cattle or other livestock. But in Jesus's case, he doesn't rustle cattle that aren't his. What he does is he goes and finds cattle that have been stolen. And basically, he steals them back. 
See, you know, basically the kingdom of God in, in a spiritual sense, it's open range. Now, when I say open range, I'm talking about there, there's no fences or anything. So, you know, way back whenever this country was first settled, everything was open range. There was no barbed wire and, and the cattle were intermingled with everything. And so you'd have a cow that might have been branded, but then a bunch of these ranchers that had cattle would get together and, and they'd have their fire over here and they'd have their fire. Another rancher would have a fire over here. They'd, they'd gather everything up and they'd go through there and they'd find a cow with their brand and find the calf associated with it. They'd rope it and drag it to the fire and put their brand on it. So brandings were, were a bunch of, of, uh, a conglomeration of ranches. And in a spiritual sense, we live in an open range, okay? We live in an open range. There's, there's no fences that are marked. This is God's country. This is the devil's country. It, it, it's just, it, it's all open range. And um, in, the, in the beginning, when we're young, this is no big deal. Okay, we're on an open range. We got water. We got food. We got shelter. Everybody does when we're when we're little old kids. We stick close to our parents, and they keep us safe. How many of us can actually say? And I know it's not everybody, and that's fine. But for a lot of us, you know, we were raised in church, or or we went to church quite a bit. You know, maybe our parents or our grandparents really tried to instill in us. But you know, as we get older, and you can see it with cattle, you know, when they're young. Young man, they'll most of the time they'll stick right by mama. But as they get older, they start venturing off further and 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 further and further away, and and we do the same thing. You know, we're little old kids. We're really dependent upon our parents or or whoever's raising us or a mentor or something like that. But as we get older, just like Ty was talking about, you know, we might hear sound advice, but we're like, ah, I don't need to do that, and and, and we all start. Drifting away and drifting away. Well, one day we're off by ourselves and someone comes along on a sleek and black shiny horse, ropes us and drags us in the trailer and then we're gone. And it's happened to a lot of us. I, I, and, and, and I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. And I, and I know that, that that's what happened to me. You know, I spent a long time. My grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, she played the organ at the First Baptist Church in Big Lake, Texas. You know, and, and I sat like on the, on the second row back. You don't, you don't sit on the front, front row of a Baptist church, by the way. You just, you, first row is the second row. And so that's where we sat on her side so that, you know, she could get up and come sit with us whenever she got done playing the organ. And so, you know, I, I had a, I had a pretty good background. I, I had all the chances of, of, of the safety and security of a loving church and of loving family and, and, and a great, uh, great mentor and my grandmother of what it meant to be a Christian. But as I got older and got out of high school, I, I, I went to a, to another ranch called college. <laughs> My grandmother didn't play the organ at the college. I was on the front pew, but it wasn't of a church. It was, it was a three-letter word starting with a B and middle letters an A, and the last letter was an R. And there was a new type of cattle there called a pretty lady, right? And I forgot all about God and everything, and I, and I just drifted away, you know? I mean, I was my own man now, you know? I, I'm, I'm a man. I'm like 18. I know everything. <laughs> Let those 18-year-olds with ears hear. But, you know... 
sin came in and roped me and dragged me in a trailer and drug me off, you know. Then what happens is we are then branded with a little short X that signifies we're headed to the kill truck. We're marked by sin. We, we, we have a sinful nature. We, we give into that nature where we were young and protected by God and everything. Then we get old and, we, and, and on this open range, man, we, we, we start drifting off and everything. And then sin comes along, man, and he's like, hey, where's your mama and daddy? Where, where, where's your father? Where, where's your protection? I don't need none of that. Whack. Drag us in the trailer, take us to a pen, brand us with an X, and guess what? We're headed for the kill truck. Well, what happens then in a spiritual sense is, is, is Jesus rides out to check his herd, right? The Bible talks time and time and time again about Jesus as the good shepherd, which, you know, in modern days, you know, we'd call that Jesus is a good cowboy. He goes out there to check his flock. <laughs> Sorry. So Jesus does a count and find one that's missing. And he talks about that in Matthew 18, verse 12. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out and search for the one that is lost? Matthew 18, 12. Jesus looks up, man. He's like, you know, I got a, I'm supposed to have a hundred right here in this little section. I only got 99. One's missing, man. I got to go find it. So G- Jesus comes looking for us. Well, Most of the time, Jesus knows exactly where to look. Jesus finds us no matter where we are, but there's more to the story. Jesus comes and finds us, and I would like to say that what happens is that when Jesus finds us, he's just as slick as sin, and he just reaches out there, ropes us, and drags us back in the trailer and takes us back. But that's not the case. Jesus finds us, talks to us in our hearts. And asks us if we want to come back. But see, what happens is we get so accustomed to that, to that life of sin, of being surrounded by others that are marked with that little OX bound for the kill truck. And it goes on for so long that we don't even realize anymore that we're bound for the kill truck. And a lot of us basically say, eh, I'm good where I'm at. I'm good where I'm at. And if we tell Jesus, look, you know, we really don't want to go back. He gets in the truck and he he leaves, but he, he always leaves just because he may, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. This is an illustration, but he lets us decide whether we want to come back or not. But in the meantime, what Jesus did is instead of reaching out there and roping us, even if we want to come back, we're marked with sin's brand. So something has to be paid. Jesus doesn't just back up to the deal and get his sort and stick out and sort us back in whether we want to or not and shoe us into a trailer. He goes and he makes a deal with sin. And what he did at Calvary is he struck a deal with the thief. He traded his life for years. He said, man, if you'll let, if you'll let him go, I'll take his place on the kill truck. If you let her go, she means so much to me that I'll stay here. I'll take the death that they deserve. I'll take that if you'll let them go. See, there's a, a, those that, that do decide to come back, and, 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 and I pray to God that, that you're one of them, that every single one of us, if we're above the age of accountability, we've been marked with that small X to go to the kill truck. But when Jesus comes to get us and he ransoms our life, and if we decide to go back to him, 
what happens is the Holy Spirit pulls out a running iron. Now, if you don't know what a running iron, in the, in the old days of, of cattle rustling, you, you, you've got two types of irons. You've got a stamp iron that, that already has all the figures and everything like that. You know, it, it might be, you know, bar S or, or something like that. And what a running iron, that, that's a stamp brand, but a running iron was a little short iron that usually was in the shape of a J. They would heat it up and they would change a brand. Um, one of the one of the uh, best illustrations of that down in Texas, there was a big ranch called the Bar uh, the Bar S. Well, people would go uh, steal cattle, and even if they were already branded with the Bar S, they could use a running iron heat heat that up, and they would basically draw the brand on there, and they would change the Bar S to a four. Eight and say, oh no, that's that's this is my brand, the the four eight brand, you know, and so you know it's easy to switch a brand from the bar from a bar S to a four eight, but uh, when Jesus trades his life for ours, we are set free, but we're still marked with that little X for death. That's when the Holy Spirit comes in, and when, and when we when we accept Jesus' sacrifice, when we let him be the ransom for us, and, and we come back to God's outfit, to God's country, the Holy Spirit uses a running iron, and he changes that little X that means we're marked for life, and he puts a little, he takes one of the sides of the X, and he just extends it just a little ways and changes the X marked for death to a cross marked for life. That right there is why we call our, our ranch the Long X Ranch. It's the basis for it that while we, we had an X marked on us for the kill truck, now when we accept Jesus' sacrifice and he ransoms our lives for his and he swaps places with us, when we come back, man, the Holy Spirit uses that running iron and he puts a he just extends one of those legs out and makes it a cross which sets us free in Luke chapter 19 verse 10 Jesus says for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost for the son of man came to seek and save those that are lost where are you at okay now some of you 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 may be little old kids okay and, and, and you're all right. But there's going to come a point in time when you start making decisions on your own. That you think you're, you're a big man or you're, or you're a big girl and, and you can make your own decisions. And every single one of us over the age of accountability has wandered off, been roped by sin, and branded with that X meant for the kill truck. And I know because you're sitting here that Jesus has came and offered. Now, whether you've taken it or not, it's a different matter. But Jesus has come and offered to swap the death that you deserve for the death that he will give as a ransom for your soul. When you do accept Jesus Christ and you understand that he is and was killed for each of you, when we give our entire lives to him, that's when the Holy Spirit pulls out the running iron and he changes our brand from an X marked for death to a cross marked for life. You know, why do we do that? 
Why do we wander off? What are we looking for? Everyone in the world, even you, every single one of us is looking for something new, something different, something better. I looked into the eyes of those people every Tuesday night at that horse auction. You stand in the ring and and, and the, the, the little stands around that ring are filled with people looking for something new or looking for something better. In life, it's a horse auction. I mean, we go looking for the new, the different, the better, the upgrade, the different, whatever the case may be. Now, this same guy that I've been talking about... <clears throat> His horses always brought more money than anybody else's. I mean, he, he would bring this, this horse in, and it might be like a, a three-year-old colt. That it, it might be a 10-year-old ranch horse or something. And he would ride these horses into that cell ring, and he could make a horse in that cell ring do things that I could never make a horse do in the pasture or an arena or especially a cell ring. So, you know, because if you've ever been to a horse sale, in a little cell ring in an auction barn, you know, it's got kind of some pipe fence around and then you've got an announcer standing up and you know, that, that, that auctioneer or not announcer, the auctioneer is out there and he's and, and then there's yelling going on because people are placing bids and there's like, yeah, yeah. And I've seen some really broke horses just like freak out in an auction ring. I mean, people are throwing their hands up and it's loud and there's ceiling fans going. There's people visiting and, you know, dropping cups of coffee or, you know, there's just a thousand uh, different things that go on in, in an auction ring. And, and supposedly, once again, supposedly, this guy had built him an auction ring at his house. And he had panels set up. He had the deal, uh, the, the auctioneer's booth or whatever you call it up there. And he had recordings of auctioneers with loud shouts and yells. And he had ceiling fans going. And he would tape uh, flagging tape to those ceiling fans. And, and there was all sorts of distractions. He tried to recreate that auction ring and that's the only place he'd take a horse and that's all he would do is to train that horse in just a little video area to work the best of its ability he would ride those horses in slide them to a stop roll back man people are hollering and screaming he would get off of it get underneath it he did everything that will make a horse sell good and i mean the bids would just go to flying boom 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 sell a horse for ten or twelve thousand dollars and then they would get it home and suddenly when they saddled up that horse and tried to ride it out in the pasture it was a different story horse had never been out in the pasture the only place he'd ever been is a little is a little cell ring this is what sin does to us sin pulls the wool over our eyes it presents us with a beautiful display of something that we think will make us happy it's like man that's what i need right there man could you imagine what i could do on that horse and 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 blah 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 and how good i'll look and that's what sin does man it paints a very 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 beautiful picture of something inside of you that you would want to be and we we sell our souls to have it but when we get home it's another matter it actually does everything 
except make us happy. We live in an instant gratification world, and and, and that is what sin feeds off of, is instant gratification. Sin will paint the most beautiful picture in the world, and they say, you can have that, but you've got to make a decision right now. If you don't make that decision right now, you can't have it. The Bible calls that temptation, and we buy into it every single time, but when we get it home, man, it's not what we thought. When, when you give in to temptation and you give in to that instant gratification, man, it does gratify us instantly and only instantly because it immediately fades right after that. You know, it's how addictions start. It's how marriages are ruined. I mean, I, I, I'm, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are grown people, most of you, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you do something, when you latch on to something that you know with all your heart that you should stay away from, but it looks so appealing, and then you give into it, and sure enough, man, it feels good for just a second, but then it has a lifetime of consequences because then we're branded with that X. And we so much, what we had in the beginning, we traded eternal life and we traded all of this stuff that God offers for an instant gratification. And we get that instant gratification and a one second later, or sometimes maybe 10 minutes later, but it never, ever lasts. And, and then we want to recreate that. So we go right back to it. The Bible says a, you know, that, it, that it's like a dog returning to its vomit. And yet we, we're grossed out by that, but that's exactly what we do. Sin's deception is beautiful. No, don't make any mistake about it, man. We, you know, we, we, we picture the devil with a forked uh, fork tail and long fangs and red and mean. Oh, no. The Bible said that the devil was the most beautiful of all the angels. He'll tempt you with what he knows your heart. He knows what you long for. And he tries to say, you don't have to wait on that from God at some future point in time. You can have that right now. And that's when the rope goes over our necks. In Mark chapter 6, verse 12, it says, So the disciples went out, telling everyone that they met to repent of their sins and turn back to God. Many of us, man, we, we, we keep going back. We, we, we keep going back to that sin when, when, when we don't have to. Why would we want to go get in that pen that leads to the kill truck and, and that, that butchering? Don't last for that long. That butchering lasts for eternity. And, and I'm not trying to scare anybody into, into hellfire and brimstone or anything like that. I'm just trying to tell you the gravity of the two choices that we all have. Yeah, being out there on the open range in, in God's country, it, you know, it, on the surface, it may not look appealing of, of living a righteous life, of, of loving those that don't love you back, uh, of caring for the needy, of, of giving something to somebody that you have worked so hard for, you know, to give somebody the benefit of the doubt to uh, all of these things, holy living, all, you know, read your Bible, study, man, give up all of those things that we seek instant gratification for. Man, why would we want that when it's a lie, when we can latch on to something that is a promise? Sin has branded us all with a small X. 
and we're bound for the kill truck. Jesus comes and trades our life for his. The Holy Spirit uses a running iron to change the little X to a long X in the shape of a cross, and he alters our brand. But sin continues to lure us away with things that look good but will not last, fulfill, or make us feel like we think it will. Remember, John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Which will you choose? The kill truck for eternity or abundant life here and ever after? Those are the two choices that you have. Which one of these things is what you want your life to be? If you want the abundant life, and and I pray that when I read that verse, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I pray that nobody's like, I think I might want the first one, the steal, kill, and destroy one. I mean, who would say that, right? Who would say that? But if you want abundant life, you have to give abundant life. If you want the abundant life that Jesus has to offer, you have to give the abundant life that you have to offer. There is no other way. There is no other way. Give Jesus your whole life and he will give you even more in return. But remember, it's all or nothing. It is all or nothing. You you can't just be a part-time accidental Christian. If you want all he has to offer, you have to give him all you have to give. And the only thing he wants is to bring you back into his herd and take care of you, not only in this life, but in the one to come. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I pray today that some little old simple, simple plain cowboy talk has reached the ears of that one that's destined for the kill truck. God, I, I, my, my life is burdened with trying to give people the message of how Jesus is the one that can save. Jesus is the one that goes and uh, takes all of our mistakes away, the, the sin that we've endured and the brand that we have, and he changes it to one of eternity. God, help us to give up on that instant gratification. Let us come back to him. Let us repent and make our lives better to avoid that temptation to turn our backs upon God. And as that little girl once said, repentance is being sorry enough to change. And we've all got some changing to do. Give us the power and the strength to do just that. And it's in Jesus name I pray. Amen.